0: Good morning. So as has already been said, um, we are Grace and Aaron Ogburn, and we are currently serving with Pioneer Bible Translators and um, based out of Northern Italy. So um, we moved to Northern Italy about three, three-and-a-half years ago. Um, little did we know what the last three, three-and-a-half three years was going to bring when we made that move. And um, we learn new things all the time, right? Um, But as we prepared to go overseas, as we prepared to leave Truett in some ways, leave Texas, leave the place where we had grown up, and we saw doors open. And those doors were some metaphorical doors and some more physical doors. Um, And as we went overseas and as we moved, we found ourselves all of a sudden seeing a wider world We found ourselves engaging with a global church instead of a local church. A church that was still local in some places, but a church that we could so much more easily see stretched beyond the walls of any one building. A church that we found ourselves a part of in a new way as we learned and struggled and made lots of mistakes to worship God and to hear um, prayers and to pray ourselves and to understand in a new language one that we did not know a word of before we left. Hmm. And as we stepped into those doors of that church in that place, we were able to see a greater sense of the work that God is doing and that God has done and that God continues to do in the midst of his church, which we so often think of as the people in the pews next to us and we so often forget is also the people in the pews on the other side of the world. So as we stepped in to our new iteration, that was only new to us, that had been there the whole time, of the church of God in a new place, we also began to engage that church in other ways as well.
1: In my ministry particularly, I have the opportunity to get to to serve those who have come to Italy from other countries, particularly who have crossed the Mediterranean from North Africa and the Horn of Africa. I'm building relationships with them, connecting with them as they seek to build a new home themselves, to find, find their own way as they struggle through um, the trauma that they've been through, struggle with the cultural differences that they encounter, um, seek to find hope in a difficult situation and in a new place. So I find great joy in being able to come alongside of them and offer that word of hope, offer that word of joy, that, been, that for me has been so foundational to my faith. But at the same time, I have walked into that ministry seeing God already at work. Uh, as, as I've jumped into connecting with these, these refugee communities, I'm doing so uh, shoulder to shoulder with local Italians who are doing the same thing, seeking to reach out to the neighbor who's moved into their community. Now, how to love them well is a new challenge. And something that they're seeking to figure out, something they're seeking to, to find how to do lovingly. Working with others who've come to Italy from across Europe and from America, seeking to connect with some of these same communities and finding opportunities to collaborate with them, seeing that ministry is ultimately not our own, but together as a church we seek to serve, particularly those who've been marginalized. And lastly, getting to work with churches across Europe, seeing that we do not bring our own answers to the equation, but we are learning together as we seek to to be the church of God um, in, in the light of difficult situations. So getting to learn with German Christians is they have really great insights about how to house refugees, or uh, Christians in the UK who are really uh, leading the way and what it means to develop a culture of hospitality in their churches, or churches in Greece who've really been hands-on connecting with those who have come to Athens. There, we have so much we can learn from one another, and there's an opportunity for each and every one of us to, to go out, but also to just find opportunities to connect and to learn as we seek to, to be the, the hands and feet of God in very tangible ways, reaching out to the, the, those who he dearly loves around us.
0: So while we see the global church there in Italy in a whole new way than we have before 2015, we also remember that the church and the people that God wishes were a part of the church someday still exist in places around the world. That we see people who are also wanting and struggling in some ways to hear the hope of God and to hear the story of the gospel in a language that they understand. Just as we struggled coming into the Italian church to hear and understand and worship in a language that was not our own, so do so many people across the world every day. And some have not had that opportunity because they still have not heard that story in a language that they hear and understand and are able to receive that hope that um, God has for all of us. And that is where Bible translation comes in, that we exist as an organization to help in that process that Bible translation comes in as a way to serve and to empower the local church or the local church that is yet to come, as we hear it promised in the book of Revelation that every tribe, nation, tongue, and language will worship at the throne of God. And as we wish and serve to be a part of that image so that people can hear, and as we serve to help make sure that these translations that are being done in these tribes nations and tongues around the world are faithful because god has something to say to each and every one of us and as we work in a seemingly tedious task but we work knowing that it is important that god has something to say and he has said it often through scripture and so we sit and we work And we go verse by verse and we pray and we pray for the people that will hear, for the people that will read, for the people that will see the testimony of those people in that place and perhaps see our testimony as well as we come alongside these people who are doing this work day in and day out. And ultimately what we come back to is that global church that people around the world, people around the globe are able to hear and to read and to understand and are able to know the God that loves them in a way that they can only imagine. And at that point, they're part of the global church too. It is not us going to tell, but it is us sitting with them, sitting by their side in the pew as they seek to hear from God, as we seek to hear from God as we all seek to hear from God together as the global church. And a big part of what, not that makes it possible, because God makes that possible, but a tool that we see is the testimony of scripture in a language that they hear and understand. And that has been our privilege, to be able to come alongside this process, this work of God. Because even in the midst of uncertainty, even in the midst of the craziness that this year has been, Brothers and sisters, Church of God, God is still working. God is working in the pews where you sit on Sunday mornings, and God is working under the sun in a place you could never imagine. He is working through his people, and he is working through his word. And sometimes we forget. But we, as part of the global church, are also called to come alongside and to come and try to hear from God from that same message as well. Thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate you guys and the um, just support that we've gotten from Truett as well.
2: Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face shine upon us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Revelation 7, verses 9 through 10. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, And were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The word of the Lord.
3: Thank you Dr. Still for the invitation to speak this morning. Such a privilege to be back to Truett and to see so many familiar faces and to meet some new ones. Thank you, Rachel. What a wonderful beginning to our worship and to the chapel band. I felt like I could sort of go home and then it was uh, Grace and Aaron that just kind of topped the cake. So we're thinking about just kind of moving on. but. Uh, <laughs> Bear with me for just a a little bit as I share what I feel like the Lord has really laid upon my heart this morning. During seminary, one of the tidbits that I remembered, uh, try to remember a little more, but one of them was something that Dr. Stroop told us uh, innumerable times was that history, and this wasn't original, I don't think to Dr. Stroop, but I remember him, history was written by the winners it wasn't written by the losers they weren't there to write it so uh, we have been listening to that and thinking about how history's been written through the years church history i'm sure you have analyzed here but in looking back at a particular portion of old testament which was written by some winners some loser but the good the bad and the ugly i want to focus on a portion of first kings now let me tell you theology and preaching was certainly not my thing and true it But uh, since then, I've had some opportunity, and really the Lord impressed this upon me today. So I'm looking at 1 Kings 18, but looking more at the chapter that follows in verse 19. Because this is perhaps the single greatest day that's recorded in 1 Kings 18 of ministry by anyone. This was a great day. For who? Elijah. I mean, in the midst of famine, drought, deep, Spiritual apostasy, he proclaimed God's truth. And even with personal danger, he obeyed. On that particular day, I'm talking about, 450 prophets of Baal were defeated, fire falls from heaven, and a three year drought comes to a dramatic end. And to top it all off, if that wasn't enough, Elijah outruns a chariot. But I'm going to look at 1 Kings 19, and this is less than probably. 24 hours after this great day of ministry. And Elijah is spiritually spent, emotionally spent, and most of all, he pretty much wants to go kill himself, get away from everyone, take his life. Not that any of us have ever felt that degree, but uh, we've been through some of those other paths. But instead of allowing Elijah to die, like Elijah wanted, God responded with deep kindness and profound gentleness. You remember, I know the story, whether you look at it in 1 Kings 19 or not, that uh, Elijah's life was spared and he went on to do more ministry and he was refueled. So I wanna focus on what I would call those three Rs of what God provided Elijah during that time. And it really, these essential things literally saved Elijah's life and refueled him for further ministry. And it wasn't Elijah's ministry, it was God's ministry. First of all, rest. If we look at the passage beginning in verse 4 of chapter 19 in 1 Kings, we see that Elijah rested a little while. He came down, sat down by a broom tree, and I'm just going to kind of quickly go through through here, but uh, he got a little rest. He lay down for a little while and fell asleep, but suddenly an angel came and woke him up and fed him. So he just kind of simply collapsed from exhaustion maybe after a big day of ministry but whatever. He fell into a little bit of sleep and then he was fed and then he uh, got some more sleep because we read in verse 6 that it was a little more sleep that he received. Now he slept on rocky ground. I would have preferred somewhere else but anyway there was a place provided for him and God provided him the rest. Now let's look and read together if you have your Bibles or digital devices. I have the Bible that Dr. Cook used and I continue to use my new revised standard when I took Old Testament with him. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna read in verses five and six of the second thing that I think is essential for ministry and that's renewal. So rest was provided and a refreshment and then we're going to look at renewal but let's look at verses five and six of chapter 19. Then Elijah lay down under the broom tree fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him get up and eat. He looked and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones in a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. An angel of the Lord came to him a second time touched him and said get up and eat otherwise the journey will be too much for you and so he got up and ate and he drank and then he went on in the strength of that food 40 days and nights he took that strength and he continued toward or we later find Sinai whatever the reference your uh, bible says and he was refreshed so it's important in our ministries to eat to get the rest we need and to be refreshed to eat and drink well Now, even though uh, it was scripture that said that Elijah ate bread and water, it was the best bread he ever had because the angel delivered it. It wasn't, you know, DoorDash, Grubhub, whatever you want to order. But um, he just needed to be empowered for that epic hike, and he was. And then the last... Uh, issue I want to look at that God provided Elijah in this chapter, and please go home and meditate and read on your own, was renewal, that third R, rest, refreshment, and renewal. And it was renewal for Elijah and his ministry, but it was also for the sake of God. It wasn't just blessed to be a blessing kind of thing, and there's more to that covenant to Abraham if you want to talk about it. But in that great solitude, that was when Elijah heard God's voice, right? We can remember that story. Elijah hiked the 40 days. He got on the mountaintop and went in the cave. I'm going into great, but it was not the rock shattering wind that came and Elijah heard. It wasn't that earthquake or that consuming fire. We know it was that gentle whisper or verse 12 calls it the sound of sheer silence. And that allowed Elijah's attention to be grasped where God could speak to him. So the Lord said said to him, go and go on. So I want to emphasize to you in ministry, maybe a long time, maybe a short time, like us nearing uh, the end of our (laughs) careers, yet uh, on a new journey in retirement, that rest and refreshment are important, but it's the renewal that's really important to feel the presence of God. God still has work for you to do, just like he had for Elijah. Have you heard? God's voice lately? Have you taken that time, the enough time that Rachel shared about? I urge you as a minister of the gospel to seek the rest and the refreshment and renewal that only God can provide.
4: I'm Warren and welcome. Uh, Again, it's good to be here this morning. Thanks, Dr. Still. We've been blessed exceedingly by his teaching and preaching at Cliff Temple Baptist Church in Dallas. And we thank you guys for sharing him with us. What Karen has talked about the 3 Rs, we look at Mark 6:31 when Jesus said to his disciples, "Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest and refreshment and renewal." That's a little bit of an amplified version, but the ministry that we are being called to is to go to the Middle East to a hospitality house where workers from the unreached world basically transit. Some of them come there for medical care that they can't get in their home country of ministry. Some come there to renew visas, some come there for their children to be cared for, but many of them come there for rest and renewal. Many of them live in countries where just living day to day, getting the bread, getting the uh, things done is difficult. Then on top of that, they're trying to minister and share the gospel with people who have not heard. So that's where we're gonna be going in a couple of weeks. And this fits in perfectly with uh, opportunity for you guys As you're praying and seeking places of ministry, we use volunteers at the house we're going to be. We have up to 30 people a night there in the house with us. We have seven bedrooms, uh, each has their own bathroom. We do breakfast and we do dinner each day. And as you come there, you get to do the service. You get to be a servant to these people, but you also get to sit with them and hear their stories. You get to hear what is happening in some of the hardest places in the world. Many from Afghanistan come through there, and obviously recently there's been a real surge in that. But we have people from Pakistan and Tajikistan and all over the world, actually, but those especially because of where we are as a a hub area that they travel through. And our house is just 10 minutes from Major Airport, so it's easy for them to come and go and to be there. So we love on them, and we ask you to consider, and we'll be here afterwards if you'd like a little more information about it, we like for volunteers to come for six, uh, four to six weeks. Uh, less is considered, longer would be wonderful, but uh, it's just a unique ministry that you get to come and be part of. And if you're thinking of serving in the Middle East, if God is calling you to work among Muslims or to work in any international setting, come and experience it with us and we will give you a real uh, opportunity to get your hands dirty and your feet wet and uh, rub shoulders with some of God's choice servants. Uh, Karen and I, i just give one more plug for I I just so identified what Grace was saying. In 1995, Karen and I were first appointed, and we were assigned by our mission agency to an unreached people group. These were folks who had no Bible. They had no Christians among them. They had no access to the gospel. And believe it or not, there's still a billion-plus people today in these kind of situations. But the people we were called to are called the Qashqai, a nomadic tribe in southwest Iran, we obviously, as Americans, couldn't go there and live. But God called alongside us uh, two uh, Bible translators, Koreans. He was at work in another part of the world with us. Evangelical Friends Mission came along. They had a call to the Kashgai, So these one to two million Qashqai who lived in southwest Iran, still live in tents, just like from the Old Testament days, the black goat-hair tents. They raised sheep, and they would shear them. They would uh, then wash the wool. Uh, clean it then they would dye it with natural dyes then they would weave these fantastic carpets and this was their livelihood but they had no Christians among them fast forward God did raise up folks among them and through that team of us working together there's now hundreds maybe more Christians among the Kashkai today they are no longer an unreached people group by God's grace and provision and power but there are so many out there that still need the translation. That was such a big deal to get their language translated the book of Luke. And that was the first book that was done was then the Jesus film could be made. So you could have oral uh, as well as uh, the able ability to read this, but developing a language for them, their language wasn't even written when we started. So it was a, it was a long process, but God was faithful. And there's many, many, many more out there unreached groups today who need the language, who needs a Christian to touch them. So those of you who are not called to go internationally, think about your church, where you're going to be serving, who you're going to be ministering with. You can adopt one of those people groups. You can pray for them. You can give financially. You can maybe go on a short-term trip, but we got to get the word out. 2,000 years later and we still haven't fulfilled the Great Commission. We still haven't let everybody hear the word and have opportunity to hear it in their heart language and to respond to God's love for them. It's been a pleasure to be here. Again, we're going to be in the back, and Aaron and Grace will also be here. Please come and talk with us, and we thank you guys again so much for being with, letting us be with you today and share this time.